0: What if we rewrite the stars? What if you say you'll be mine? Nothing can keep <laughs> us apart. You were the one I was meant to find. Got that out of your system? Probably not.
1: Okay, cool. Hello, welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television <laughs> Podcast. That may be the opening. Who knows? It's a Monday morning. Anything can happen on Monday morning.
0: If it is the opening, I apologize. If it's not the opening, then you guys are lucky.
1: <laughs> I'm Liz Shadow miller at Lizlet on the Twitters.
0: I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, I just realized I should have said I was someone else, and then no one would have ever known that that was me singing.
1: Yeah, you could have. it could have been special guest host. Uh, Zach Net, Efron. Net. <laughs> yes, you and Zach Efron, pretty much indistinguishable.
0: Sound the same.
1: Yeah, I think that is the opening now. Congratulations, everyone. Damn it.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: don't apologize that's what
0: four weeks in a row now (laughs) we've talked about that fucking movie Uh, Uh, it's
1: because you love it so
0: I know I somebody's gonna have to come stop me they're gonna I'm gonna have a chat with our editors later I'm sure they're gonna call me in I'm like Ben we have to sit you down you have a problem
1: you haven't started like working references and we don't need to get you a jar yet oh god
0: what if I did I don't think I could sustain two jars, not on not on a journalist's salary.
1: <laughs> not on a journalist's salary. Oh, well. But the point is, uh, we're not in theory going to talk about The Greatest Showman anymore. In theory. In theory, but we'll see what Ben can do. Um, uh, but really, what's, it, what kind of is inspiring this co- today's topic conversation is it's not a topic conversation we haven't had before, I feel. Like, we've talked about this to some degree on some level. Off and on, because I think it speaks to both our personal philosophies when it comes to the continuation and the making of television, which is—but uh, specifically what we're referring to today is Glenn Howerton of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame, and also starring in the upcoming new series, AP Bio, um, which, spoiler alert, apparently both Ben and I really like.
0: Yeah. It's good. It's fun. It is fun.
1: I like the part where he, he went, like he's a bad teacher who is trying to use his students to destroy his nemesis, which— just for some reason really works for me. I really oh, love I this, in this thing, he has this character thing he does where every time he walks into the classroom he has this plastic bag that he just kind of flings onto the desk. Yeah. And it's such a great way for his character to enter and it, he does it every time. It makes oh. me happy.
0: I also meant to check, but I, does he wear the same um, cardigan? in every episode he might because it was at least the first two yeah he, he changed his sweatpants i think but otherwise he kept his cardigan on and i was just like i hope this is like your uniform for the series because there's something just very very uh i don't give a shit about this nice cardigan which runs contrary to uh everything but yeah it's great
1: it's great so unfortunately there's a bit of a Sad thing happening with uh, Glenn Howard, and even though he's getting, you know, we've of course loved him on the It's Always Sunny, and we're excited for his new show, which in which he's also very funny. Maybe playing a slightly similar type to Dennis, but you know, there's some differences.
0: He is a, a philosophy professor, so yes. he has a, a high degree of intelligence in this, which actually works very well too. I mean, Dennis had the the kind of.
1: Um, he had the confidence of an intelligent man.
0: That's a great way to put it, Liz. That is, yes, I agree. I won't even continue. That was perfect.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: No, no, that's, that's way better than what I would have said.
1: <laughs> point is, yeah, he he had the confidence of, a, of a, an intelligent man without actually being intelligent.
0: <laughs> Except maybe the dentist system. There is something, you know, <laughs> maniacally brilliant about the dentist system.
1: Good almighty. The dentist system remains an iconic thing. Anyways, point is, people are mad at him. Um, people are are not necessarily responding well to the fact that he has this new show coming up because that new show is in fact keeping, that new show and a whole bunch of other things are in fact keeping another season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia from getting into production. Um, well no, AP Bio is not why It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not in production. But it speaks to the current status of the It's Sunny in Philadelphia group where, you know, a lot of them are kind of like, we've been making this show for 12 years. We're a little tired. We kind of want to do other things.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things, too, that's tricky because, um, you know, there's a lot going on. They are, you know, they have, you know, set a production start date for the next season. They're going to try to get it out in the fall. Like, mm-hmm. there's stuff happening, and it's just a, a question now that... Uh, of whether or not Dennis will return, because at the end of last season they set it up where he would not. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting is, I mean, it, it's just that the backlash is so strong. It's not even – it would be one thing if it would. they were focused on the idea that Sonny was – delayed or Sonny may not come back, or they could just be upset that, you know, maybe because this is setting a pattern, it could be ending soon, and then, you know, we wouldn't have Sonny anymore. Like, all that makes sense. Like, all that's something where, you know, you're sad, especially if the show is as good as it is right now. Like, last season was tremendous. They had at least four or five episodes that were among their best ever, which is half the season, so way to go. But a lot of the anger that I see online is directed directly at Howerton, and this really messed up way to me like it they're very angry about his success basically and he hasn't changed his story he hasn't even had a story he's just been very blunt in saying you know i've got a lot going on there's other things that we're doing we're all successful and we're all trying to you know make the most of our our you know artistic goals and endeavors and and, you know be the best we can be um and he's just like i don't know if he's coming back or not and that's apparently just an unacceptable answer for some people like they just can't wrap their minds around it and just the negativity that's out there is is rather frightening like i really it does not settle well with me and it's also i hate to even say this but weirdly appropriate given the like how they convey philadelphians Mm -hmm. and how they convey fandom (laughs) in philadelphia and kind of the bad reputation that fandom in philadelphia has in general and then these fans of This actor in *It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia* seem to be embodying that fandom in the worst possible way.
1: It's almost as if that show has spent 12 seasons uh, glorifying asshole culture, and (laughs) and maybe has nurtured something of that.
0: Yeah, which is
1: not. I, I I take that back. I don't feel like they have nurtured it, but I feel like there is something to the people feel encouraged by it. If, if people see it on TV they feel it. So there are some people out there who oh, yeah. they'll see they'll see that kind of behavior on TV and they will be like that oh, looks like fun I should be like that it, the dentist th- system sounds like a great way to get yeah, women. it
0: exactly yeah exactly no there's always the there's always the problem when it comes to ever, ever since anybody's ever condemned anything on TV as being You know, too explicit or or unwholesome. You know, the the reasoning is that well, people will interpret it this way, and it's like, well, that's not that's their fault. That's not the artist's fault. It's always like the the people of Sunny have always been a satire. Yeah. Um, And And for the record, not not all
1: Sunny fans are
0: oh, of course not. Dicks. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. You're you're a Sunny fan, Liz, and you're as far from a dick as possible. So, Eh. um, so no, but it's it's um it's one of those things that you see again and again on television. This one just struck me in a particularly jarring way because I didn't. I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of the show and I just didn't ever feel this way like even when it was first announced that he was leaving I was like oh it's too bad but you know they'll figure it out and they're exci- I want to see what they do like I want to see what these guys do outside of the context of Sunny mm-hmm. and I want to see what they do with the show when they prepared this way for it so it's like I'm just excited to see the creativity out there and I I didn't imagine that I was in the minority on this issue but uh but yeah it's just been it's been rather frightening and then you know a lot of TV shows deal with this whenever they become popular enough, or stars become popular enough, and they have to shift away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, of course, we've talked about this before with Gillian Anderson leaving the X-Files, or just saying, I'm not going to do the X-Files anymore. And then everyone be like, but wait, really? Yeah. Like, literally, we had this TCA panel, half an hour with the, cast and, with the cast and producers, and at least 15 minutes of it was just reporters saying over and over again to Gillian Anderson, but wait, you're really done? Yeah. Really? But are you sure? Have you given this thought? Are you sure you're done? Like, it was really annoying, Ben.
0: Oh yeah, no, it definitely was. And that's as annoying as it was. That's also a a byproduct of the system itself and X Files in a weird way, especially in that X Files was one of the big revivals, you know, Mm -hmm. that came back uh, in its original form, so to speak. so like you know the idea that it had ended a while ago and now it started again to say that there's a definitive ending to something all of a sudden feels extremely untrustworthy because we just keep seeing this happen again and again and to
1: be fair like i 100 i'm not going to bet a sandwich on it just because these sandwich these kinds of sandwich bets we've seen have been a little interminable but <laughs> okay. do i firmly believe that jillian anderson's actually done playing scully on the x i do not believe that like i feel like Five, ten years—I feel like she's—you know—I don't know.
0: And that's the other side of the coin too. Like the idea that she's saying she's done um, provides a, a degree of finality, which is a, appreciated by some people. Like you, endings yeah. are endings are always good. And at the same time, it it shouldn't be one of those things where, if in five years or ten years, you know, and they come up with the perfect script for, uh, you know, another six episode. Event series or a movie or whatever that you should look back on that TCA day and say you're a liar. How dare you say that you were done and then you came back again? Like it's that's how the process works, and you need to be able to say things are over, even if there is always going to be the one percent chance that something comes back.
1: I mean, yeah, never say never, ever. Right, as they say.
0: And but at the same time, it's it's tricky because you know she couldn't like if she 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 was in that press conference saying you know "I, I I'm done right now. Maybe I'll come back in a little bit, then, like, every question for the rest of her life is going to be about, are you coming back? Is the X-Files coming back? Well, like, are you ready to return? Like, and it it gets old. Like, yeah. you need to, she, again, she's somebody who also likes to do a lot of different things. Yeah. So she wants to be able to move on.
1: And that's cool. I mean, and I, again, like, she, the thing is, of course, she will never be spared that question. Like, ever. Right. I feel
0: like it'll be less so, though. At least maybe, for a little bit. At
1: least for a little bit, maybe, but... Every, you know, the problem isn't isn't like good reporters like you and I, Ben, who know the answer to the question don't ask that question. It's the, you know, people who don't do the preparation who maybe just go, but really about the X-Files. Like, weren't you on that show once? Like, I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. And again, like, uh, even to to throw, like, to throw us in there as well. I mean, that question is a pertinent question because of the state of television these days right. like the way it was asked repeatedly was ridiculous at the tca panel right but like in a year or two if we're talking to julian anderson it's not out of bounds to ask her about that like if she was going to come back or if she was going to return because it's just always present and if she even if she provides that degree of finality again she's like no i'm done i'm good and you just leave, leave it at that that's fine but this thing keeps cycling back. They've said they were done before. Everybody says they're done before. Everybody keeps coming back. It's he, terrifying.
1: Here's here's the thing, then. If in a year and two we're talking to Gillian Anderson and we have like that window where we can tell we can ask a X-Files question, that should not be the question we ask. The question we should ask at that period of time, a couple years out, is, so what did you think of the finale? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, Yes. <laughs> Because
1: I think the answer to that question, no matter what happens with the finale, with the season 11 finale, which we have not seen, we have no idea whether or not it's going to be any good. But I'm looking forward to that answer. That's the answer I want to hear in two years.
0: Well, you also have to prepare yourself for the idea that you'd have to specify which finale you're talking about in case the show continues without her.
1: But Chris Carter says he won't do The X-Files without Gillian Anderson. So who knows?
0: I, I mean, again, I know we've talked about this before, but I really enjoyed Duchovny's response when he sort of quipped. He's like, I left. Nobody made it. Be. Like, they kept going without me. I mean, nobody apologized. Nobody was like, well, we're done if Mulder's gone. It was like, no, we're just going to keep making the show. You go do your thing. You go have your Duchovny.
1: He was being the Duchovny in a very specific way. Yeah. I Actually, I had a T-shirt I bought during, I think, the ninth season of uh, which said on the back, "Don't worry, Scully. I'm just going to the store forever." Because <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's what happens in the in the season nine premiere. He you, you see he's in the shower. You never actually see him on screen, so like somebody is in the shower, and then he leaves off screen. So we never see him say goodbye to Scully because they did not get David Duchovny. And then like the following season of television, it's like her. It's it's like there are teases about him including the infamous episode where he sends her an email and the email says the email subject line is like dearest dana
0: dearest dana
1: have i ever made you read that it's 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 so it the no. i have a screenshot of the yeah, the actual email and it's it's amazingly amazingly silly it's just like what who who is this person writing why is Mulder calling scully dearest dana like why is this it's it's a very gushy gushy love note and it's 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 awful, um, <laughs> but then he comes back in the season nine finale for realsies and does immediately great mulder like things like sneaking onto a military base and getting arrested and all that. So it, it ends on a strong note. But yeah, that 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 they really did try to do the Exiles without Mulder. And so I'm hearing I'm I'm here to say David Duchovny, they couldn't really do the Exiles without you. You should feel like you you should feel like there's proof of that now and I'm very secure about your future with the show. Should it continue? Which it won't.
0: Mm interesting bold decisions liz but i mean I, I think this does speak to like a to the broader issue cuz it used to be kind of about how if you if your tv show was big enough you'd kind of graduate to movie stardom like mm-hmm. you, that would be your next step like you'd you'd reach a certain peak and you'd be like okay well now i'm ready to go to the movies and right. now that's not really the same case but the idea is is still relevant and the like they everybody wants to just have more projects, uh, actors especially like diversity and and what who they're playing and and what roles they're taking on and what projects they're involved with and their power dynamics on the on the projects like especially if they're able to you know become producers and, and you know get their own work going, um, but it, it's something that we're seeing you know I think we've seen enough where we should be better prepared for it mm-hmm. I guess like that we should be having. Um, better conversations about it or, or moving the needle forward in a way. I mean, it's, it's again, going back to Howerton, we've seen, I, I know he's doing press for his new show, so people want to talk about Sonny, and because there's still that kind of open-ended question, it's going to keep circling back in a way. Um, but it's just, it's happened so much, and you see the same story over mm-hmm. and over again, and I don't know if there's a demand for it or if it's just in the fire or if people are just that angry as they seem, whatever I randomly update the, about it, but I feel like we should be better prepared by now.
1: I think we should. I think we're, hitting, we're running into two things here, which is, you know, with, with fandom, there's this dark side where people get very possessive, and they're like, you know, they, these are, you know, people get very possessive. People just want more and more of what, their favorite thing, and you get spoiled, like, you know, I'm not going to say fun, Sunny fans have been spoiled. but I'm going to say there there are a lot of comedies that haven't gone for 12 seasons of new of, of new original episodes. Happy endings would be happy with happy endings fans would be happy just to get one more season of that show. Um, I don't know why Happy Endings is always my go to for canceled before its time because it got it actually got three seasons. Like I forget what's a good like first season show that got canceled even though it was freezing too- geeks. Freaks and Geeks, ooh, the Grinder.
0: Grinder's great.
1: Imagine what the Grinder could have done with a second season, especially what you heard what it might be about. Which... Yeah,
0: they had they had great plans for the Grinder, and it's one of those things that <laughs> that's almost the opposite of what we're talking about, right? Because Rob Lowe can't let it go. I mean, he he's just such a fan of it, and he was so happy. Is he making still it.
1: is he is he still like posting passive aggressive things about the cancellation of the Grinder? They're never they're never
0: passive aggressive. They're just very. Uh, attached to the series and every once in a while there's somebody who's just like you know how is there only one season of this I just finished the Netflix I want more and he'll retweet it or quote tweet it or something and just kind of support that idea and it's like on the one hand yes it seems impossible at this point because it's been gone and it just wasn't ever really a phenomena you know like it wasn't it it never reached the freaks and geeks kind of status where people keep talking about it but uh, you know maybe maybe that's what he's going to try to keep alive until it can come back. And great. If that's, you know, what's going to satisfy him as an artist and that's what he keep, wants to keep doing and he obviously knew there was potential, then, you know, by all means, keep at it. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. It just seems impossible at this point. And, you know, that's maybe a good way to judge this kind of thing. Like if, have, have a little respect for what the artist actually wants to do. And I, if they're being fickle about it or undefinitive or um, they're, you know, Teasing you in a weird way, then, you know, fine, you can get upset about that. But that's not the case with anybody that we're talking
1: about. If you can't, if you can't, like, have enough empathy in your heart for, like, realizing that someone doesn't want to do the same thing over and over again, like, um, you know, I would love it if Reed Moreno went back and did more episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. She ain't gonna, right, at least for season two. She's maybe going to make a little movie called Star Wars. She's apparently talking to the Lucasfilm people. Then shaking his head, like, no, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I don't buy it. You don't buy it? No. Who knows? Point is, is that she, but she's doing her own stuff now, and she's, like, you know, launched into a wonderful new career, and maybe she will come back and do A Handmaid's Tale. There's no rule against it. Uh, But, you know, if you you think about your own job, like, do you want to do the same job over and over again for the rest of, for the rest of your life with no variation, no change? I mean, you may like that. That may be good for you, but you probably also have hobbies and do you want to do the do you want to have the exact same day for the rest of your life like you probably don't want to say the answer to that is probably not yes and if it is yes and okay that's that's your life
0: it's also the idea that you know even more so than i think a lot of a lot of us who are you know working nine to five jobs these guys and you know these people these women these men, these actors, uh, they're being presented with opportunities regularly. Right. Like there's always somebody talking to them about a script they just got or a new project coming up or, you know, what do you want to do? I just want to make whatever you want to make. So, like, the temptation of doing something different is always there. And there's a limited amount of time, especially if you're making, you know, 13 episodes a season or, you know, more, which is rare these days. But, you know, no matter what, it's taken up a good chunk of your year to do that, which eliminates a lot of these other opportunities that you might want to explore. And you know, artistic people have needs that they need to fulfill in, in a different way than that's just paying the bills and just the necessity of going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot that goes into it that um, you know, I don't wanna be <laughs> I don't wanna be too or like overly defensive of the very rich people who are pretty and make money on T V. Yeah. But uh, it, it's gotten to the point now where it just seems crazy to me like how
1: people Yeah. You know? Well like um... I mean, consider this, uh, Will Wheaton has written, one, wrote once about how uh, when he was doing Star Trek The Next Generation, he got cast in, I think it might have been a, it was a Milos Foreman movie. It might have been something, but it was like a really high profile costume drama type deal. It was going to be a huge, it was like a huge deal. It could have been a complete career changer for him. And he all he needed was like one or two weeks off of Star Trek to fit it into his schedule and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't give it to him and they recast the role um and he talks and you know you know especially like and you know also consider patrick stewart who for years couldn't get a goddamn job despite being one of the greatest actors of our time shut up then um
0: i didn't say anything
1: yeah that damn right you didn't um but Uh, patrick Stewart. Oscar nominations
0: were accurate this year that's all i'm gonna say
1: (laughs) no they weren't that category was pretty good (laughs) such bullshit Logan forever. Fox didn't know what it was doing, um, but uh, anyways, he couldn't get a role though because everyone, like serious directors, would tell him, "Why would I cast Pat- Captain Picard in my movie?" Um, and apparently, the part where he's like one of the greatest living actors of our generation is an, an important aspect.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's also a thing that plagues a lot of the actors out there, and you can see it in Howerton's you know next role. Like it's easy for executives to imagine him playing this character because there are so many similarities between dennis and you know the ap bio teacher um and actors get stuck in those boxes very very often they're like mm-hmm. well we know you're good at this and we know people want to see you do this so we're going to keep giving you like that role as many times as we possibly can and, and that's usually the opposite of what actors want to do they want to, they want to test their range and you know explore new identities and, and not repeat the same thing over and over again so even when they're, you know, breaking into a new show or trying something different, they're still trying to break out of a certain box and mm-hmm. stop being labeled as, you know, just this one thing they're good at. Which applies to writers and and directors too. Like if they're yeah. great directors of action movies, then they're going to keep trying to make them make more action movies, and they might want to do something
1: else. Yeah. So. Um, I keep thinking I was uh, watching the trailer this morning for this new Netflix movie that I forget the name of, but it's basically it's uh, Adam Adam Divine. Uh, traveling through time to get the girl of his oh. dreams and it's interesting because like you know is adam divine like how much is he based it's clearly like he's been it's now very clear he's been on a transition path where he's been trying to move away from just being like the weird funny guy and pitch perfect to being a romantic lead which is essentially what that movie casts him as and that's not a transition i ever thought i'd see adam divine make uh based on like things like workaholics but there you go good for him No. I mean we'll see if it works but you know go after it go after it man try trying new things live your life yeah experiment everybody should everyone should even whether they're actors writers directors or just people and i feel like i feel like i've been i don't know i feel like i've been saying weird stuff and making weird judgment calls about the way people live their lives on this podcast which i apologize for if so like you know but yeah
0: Liz is endorsing change. Everyone be excited. Liz loves change. It's her favorite thing.
1: uh, I do not care for it. (laughs) But I mean, I'm being, I'm I'm being, I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand this concept of change, um, which, because it is foreign and stupid. Um, (laughs) But I keep hearing things about it.
0: Yes, it will continually come up, I feel. (laughs) I feel like you will be presented with it time and time again.
1: Indeed. So in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week?
0: Uh, Liz, it's a great question. Um, I was at Sundance Film Festival uh, over the last week, really, uh, covering the new indie episodic section, which uh, highlighted a lot of independent pilots, uh, premieres, web series, short form, um, all stuff that could end up on TV or be developed into, you know, full-blown TV. Um, So I saw a lot of good stuff. Uh, Honestly, I think my favorite of the actual indie episodic section was something called The Adulterers, which is uh, like these little three to five minute videos about a couple who's engaged in an extramarital affair and it kind of like around it sounds like it has all the trappings of like a bad student film where mm. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's two people, it's all about their relationship, it's uh, contained usually to like an apartment. Some of it, some of it's just like one shot, they don't even, you know, uh, move around, like uh, have any cuts or, or move around the frame anyway. Um, but it, it's just so beautifully done. It captures that precise moment in a relationship where everything is right but then you know that there's something you have to confront down the line. So they're like slowly chipping away at it and they, they build characters very well. Um, so I really, really love that. Uh, it, it doesn't have distribution yet. So the thing I guess I'll recommend is uh, America to Me, which is Steve James docuseries um, about a, a high school in uh, the Chicago suburbs, mm-hmm. um, which is just tremendous. It'll be out on Stars this fall. Uh, it's it's a 10-part docu-series. Steve James obviously made Hoop Dreams and uh, Life Itself and a bunch. He's actually up for an Oscar this year uh, for the first time for Best Documentary. Um, but this is his first television series, and it does not disappoint. Um, I, I mean, if you're a Steve James fan or just somebody kind of interested in how the education system works and how the how it can reflect our relationship with race in America, it, it's fantastic. So I I Strongly recommend
1: all of those uh, Steve James super fans out there. Hey, they're out there
0: and they're strong. No, God bless them. God bless you, James Illinoisans. Perfect. Yes, perfect film. Um, but yeah, that'll be out on Stars this fall. I will obviously be reminding you about it again later, uh, but that's kind of where I've been trapped the last week. So those are my picks, Good as picks. useless as they may be. Yeah. Uh, but Liz, what about you? What's the best thing you watched last week?
1: Well, the best thing, I'm going to say it's the best thing I watched last week, uh, though. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> um I'm I'm kind of on the fence, but I'm about 5 episodes into Altered Carbon. Um which is uh, it's coming out this uh, it's coming out this Friday as you listen to this on Netflix. It is a 10, 10 episode first season uh, created by a woman whose name I've I'm I never know how to say it, but she uh, co-wrote the movie Alexander with Oliver Stone. She's like bit of underrated. Big, yeah. And she's been like a she's been like a, in working in features for quite some time. I think she's done a lot of different stuff. And so this is this is her first TV show. It is uh, based on a it's based on a, a, a sci-fi novel by a guy whose name I'm blanking on right now. I'm doing great. I've got all my notes. I'm I'm super prepared for this podcast. Uh, it's
0: on Netflix. They'll find it.
1: It's on Netflix. You, you you'll probably have it shoved down your throat if you have any interest whatsoever in any sort of sci-fi. The algorithm will be targeting you because holy crap! Did they spend some money on this show? Um, and it, it looks great. Basically, it's a cyberpunk uh, thriller uh, set in the future where it's very, very, basically people's consciousnesses consciousnesses are stored on disks that are inserted into the back of their necks, which means that if something happens to your body, your consciousness can then be just put into a new body. So it kind of changes the way we think about life and death. Um, great and it's um also based and that's all that's like kind of the backdrop for basically what's essentially a detective thriller where a dete- you know a guy gets set on the put on the case to solve a murder and there's a you know there's a de- there's the you know the client and then there's the client's wife and then there's all these weird complicated factors uh, there's a another the the main character is a guy who used to be a basically like a terrorist by the eyes of the society but he was like a very skilled tracker hunter type, and so his consciousness has been reinserted into a new body, um, paid for by this super rich billionaire who wants him to solve this murder. Um, and yeah, it's I'm, I'm doing I'm, I'm kind of just like blabbing, uh, but basically think think Blade Runner think hard think Blade Runner with more with more of a murder angle to it, um, and uh, lots of sex, lots of violence. Lots of uh, there's flying cars in the first episode, so there's that, um, and some some deep thinking about the nature of reality and the nature of consciousness and what it means to be alive. I, and the reason I'm saying it's the best thing I saw, even though I'm not sure I like it, is like I've found it to be not the most fun viewing. Like I feel like there's 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 enough brutality to it that enough brutality enough like hard edges that. It's 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 a tougher view a viewing experience than I think I was expecting, but it is a, like if you want hard sci-fi, um, with a lot of with a lot of production value to it, um, it's definitely going to be one you're gonna to want to check out. So,
0: as long as they talk about death, I'm in.
1: I mean, they yeah, to some degree, it's a, it's a weird show. There's a lot of weird elements to it, but I think it'll be one we're talking about a fair amount in the next few weeks.
0: And it is going to be on Netflix.
1: It is going to be on Netflix, and it's already causing some amount of controversy. Uh, there are lots of naked women often dying in particular ways, as they do. Great. Bitches, man.
0: Well, always naked.
1: They're always naked. Uh, ben, TV. what's the next thing you're looking forward to?
0: Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is the return of Homeland. Um, Homeland is coming back February 11th uh, for its sixth season. Um it's had, it's it's had some strong seasons of late. I mean, I I liked last season. I think I liked four of the best um, of anything since the first two. But uh, but no, I mean, it's it's such a good show. Uh, they've sent us the premiere. I haven't been able to watch it yet. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm always interested to see where they take it because it's always a relevant discussion no matter what. And then they do um, such an excellent job of building, you know, just that. Compelling spy narrative into it, no matter what they actually want to talk about in terms of real world issues. So, um, so I'm very excited. I will miss Rupert Friend uh, and uh, a few other people, but uh, for the most part, everybody's back. So Homeland,
1: yeah. get on it. I feel like I feel like the thing with Homeland is once it kind of like got over the hump of having to be like the best show on television, and it just kind of fell into its groove of being like a good, compelling spy thriller, like you said. Like, I feel like that's kind of, like, it's kind of fallen, gotten into a nice rhythm. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it restructured itself a bit to become more... Um, Sustainable? Well, kind of, but more of, like, an anthology series in the way that there's a lot... Their arcs are completed in a stronger fashion um, during the season than they were for the first couple, where they were basically just stretching out, you know, the the one season arc a little bit further than it than it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I still feel like they're not – I definitely feel like they're still ambitious. I don't feel like they've lost a lot of their desire to be considered among those Emmy-level and Golden Globe-level, award-level dramas. Um, but they've structured it in a way where they've kind of opened themselves up to tell more stories or tell whatever story they want to mm-hmm. um, each season or have a have whatever focus they need to have a focus on uh, which has been which has been good. So yeah, hopefully I, they can do it again.
1: I don't mean to say that the show itself isn't good. I feel like there's just like there's that burden of having to be like the best show on television. That can be a pro- Can can hang over you like an albatross or whatever the. I don't know how that metaphor is supposed to go. I don't either. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> homeland, homeland coming back. Liz, what are you looking forward to?
1: Um, another Netflix show that, but this one is very very different from Altered Carbon, uh, called Everybody Everything Sucks. Um, which is, I'm, I'm a little worried about it just because I really don't want it to completely bludgeon the '90s nostalgia element. But basically, it's a high school, it's a high school coming of age comedy. Young people in the '90s with their snap bracelets and their VHS tapes and their, you know, wacky wackiness, and yet also like it if 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 it, if it can also be like a really compelling like character drama, like or character story rather. It could be like. Not not another not like another Freaks and Geeks, but it could actually end up being a really compelling sort of story. So I'm interested to see uh, I, I like I like the kind of the aspect. I like that Netflix has really invested in creating stories around this around that, you know, period in a person's life without necessarily like but finding new ways of doing it, not being like really precious about it in terms of content, like people can swear and so forth on these shows, and I don't know.
0: It's not what not what Netflix is known for being precious about how their shows are made. As long as they're out there and they're hitting those demos,
1: yeah. But I like get that I like, content. I like there's a variety of storytelling going on, within but stories about people in high school that aren't just either being told from a Disney Channel place or a you know super intense place like I feel like it's an that's I feel like if this is a this could be a show that you know families can watch together if we'll they see. want to. If, if, if families do anything together anymore I'm not sure great question yeah but that's what I'm kind of looking forward to good um, pick I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff coming up no
0: there's no TV anymore it's uh, all over
1: Fe- I feel like February is going to be like sneakily awful like no. I think it's going to sneak up on us and kick our ass pretty hard no it's going to be great yeah yeah You were like this last time.
0: Yeah. Everything's great.
1: Hmm. Everything's wonderful. Literally talking about a show called Everything Sucks.
0: Yeah, but, you know, that's just one show, and they're often wrong, especially Netflix shows. So I'm excited for so many great programming. Here and Now is coming out. we got a new HBO drama from Alan Ball. It's going to be great. Oh,
1: yeah. Actually, you know what? I did watch a little of that this weekend. Excellent. Yeah. We'll have to talk more about it, but it was interesting. I liked it.
0: It was bound to be.
1: (laughs) Interesting? Yes. Certainly, I don't think Alan Ball makes boring shows. No,
0: oh, no, he does not.
1: No, he does not. He never, never. You can say make whatever critique of you like of him, but not that one. Um, but you'll be able to read all about those things and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
0: And make sure to listen to all of our other IndieWire podcasts, including "Turn It On" with Michael Schneider, Ann Thompson, and Eric Cohn on Screen Talk, the one that started it all, and of course the great. The incomparable, the nicest man, and the smartest man alive, uh, Chris O'Fault with Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast.
1: Ben, would you say that Chris O'Fault is the perfect man?
0: Um, I don't want to put that kind of burden on him mm-hmm. um, because, again, undue expectations. Right. But it would be hard to find a more perfect man, Liz.
1: Well said. Well said. Uh, speaking of perfect men, you can find Ben on Twitter at <laughs> Ben T. Travers. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. It's
0: very, very nice, Liz. Too, too nice. They're gonna look at that Twitter and they're gonna be like, oh Liz, you liar. Um, <laughs> but if you want if you want an improvement after you have realized that, then please follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E.
1: Correct. We will be back next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um and as always, keep watching television.